Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast, the draft pick profile series rolling on here. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen breaking down the Jets fifth round pick. That's Virginia cornerback Bryce Hall, who EA was perhaps one of the best value selections, not only for the Jets, but the entire NFL draft. Well, here's a guy who a lot of people thought if he came out following the 2018 season when he led the FBS in past defenses that maybe he could have been a first round pick. Then in 2019, unfortunately he went down while blocking on a punt return as a Miami hurricane player rolled on his leg. He broke his fibula and tore his deltoid ligament, dislocated an ankle. So Greens, he only played six games last season, highly productive player, when he was on the field and he lasted until the fifth round. Again, if he was healthy for 11 games, you're talking about a player who probably doesn't escape the second round. Some people, when they get injured, they kind of fall off and they don't, they're not active with their team. Well, Bryce Hall was the opposite. He spent every game on the sideline. He was the clipboard holder, the motivational guy. He was a team captain, and for good reason for the Wahoos. Meticulous in his preparation. He, he's a guy who's determined to learn and grow. You mentioned him being a team leader. He became more vocal after the injury, so he very well liked. In addition to the tangibles, you're talking about a Bryce Hall player who played 44 games in 44 collegiate games. He had 44 pass defenses, including those 22 breakups in 2018. And the Jets, rightfully so, I believe, think they found great value in Bryce Hall in the fifth round. I think that's very fair to say. And let's hear from Joe Douglas and his staff. That includes Rex Hogan and Phil Savage about what they like about Bryce Hall. Yeah, uh, unfortunate about the the injury in October derailed his season this year. But when we're talking about uh, Bryce, he's he's a guy that has unique size, length, and ball skills. You know, here's a young man that can really play the ball when he's in phase and find it, and uh, that that's an important attribute to have when you're playing in in Greg's defense and with Denard. We feel like we have a great coaching staff to to really develop this this young player, and I know he's excited to get here, get rolling, and prove to the rest of the league that he should have been drafted higher. We trusted the board and and having him there in the fifth round and seeing there was a a good value for us. This is a big corner who's played outside throughout his career. He's got a good size. He's got a good combination of height, weight, and speed. Obviously, we didn't get to see him run this year in terms of a true testing at the combine because of his recovery, but he's shown it on tape and, and he's shown ability with his size and length outside to, to break up passes. He had over 20 plus pass breakups in his junior season and was well on his way to, to a significant senior year as well until the injury, which was unfortunate. But we feel fortunate about being able to pick him and select him in the fifth round and, and like his ability moving forward for a fit for our defense. Well, I certainly think relative to where he would have gone had he not had the ankle injury back during the fall, he clearly was a first uh, three-round type of prospect. I mean, there were mock drafts literally a year ago that had him in the first round. I think realistically, he was probably a second or third round kind of talent. He unfortunately had that, that ankle fracture. And then with the injury, he's not able to participate, say, in the Reese's Senior Bowl. He's not able to participate at the Combine. And then with this pandemic, 
there was really no way to ultimately follow up with him from a medical standpoint other than just the combine. And at that point, we felt like he had made a lot of progress. The doctor signed off on it. And I tell you, if he returns to full health, which all indications are that he will, I mean, this is a potential starter added in the fifth round. He, he's got long arms. He's athletic in terms of being able to have some reaction on the football. But what I really liked about him, and I think the other guys would say the same thing, is that he has a long arm reach, and he finishes at the football. So he's the kind of player that might be given some ground. You think, oh, okay, he's going to get beat here. And then the last 10% of the down, he's able to close and knock the ball away or in, in some cases intercept it. So we really liked his instincts and his ability to close and finish at the reception point. This is sort of a blanket statement, but any of the players that were injured during the season and then were not able to fully participate during the all-star season or at the combine and ultimately were only physical at the combine, it, it, there's no doubt in my mind that it, it impacted those guys' value to an extent because most GMs in the league just are not going to be willing to, to take a player who they just cannot quite sign off on or they've not had a, a final look with one of the 30 visits or you know going back to the school and getting more uh, medical insight or actually seeing the player uh, perform in his pro day. And Bryce Hall certainly would have been one of those players that if he could have worked out in April in front of the NFL scouts, I think you would have seen him go probably on the, on the second day uh, of this draft uh, in regards to his uh, future health with the jets, you know, all indications, all indications are that he should be close to being ready for training camp you know, on a normal schedule. We'll have to wait and see where he actually is, but uh, there was good feedback that he would recover fully from this injury. And if there's any kind of delay at all, honestly, we just we're, we're betting on the future with Bryce Hall that if it's not just 2020, 2020, but we're looking at 2021 and beyond because we think he's a good player. EA, let's talk about Bryce Hall on the field. You mentioned he only played six games in 2019. Well, in 2018, definitely his best collegiate performance, second team All-American, first team All-ACC, and maybe more impressive than both of that, he led the FBS in pass defenses. He can find the football. A lot of guys have the athletic skill set where they can run with people, but defensive backs oftentimes when they're coming out of college, they can put up the weight. They're strong. They can run, but not everybody can find the football. So he's got a good knack for the game. And you go back to his high school days. Here's a kid who played wide receiver and defensive back. So that's very rare when you're talking about a collegiate player who had 22 pass defenses in just a single season. At Virginia, he was asked to do a lot of different things. I know some people have talked about Bryce Hall being best suited uh, in zone situations, but he did play man at Virginia. They mixed up the defense over the time he was there. He was also an effective blitzer. You think about that junior campaign where he was all over the field getting his hands on the football. He also had 62 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, a pair of sacks, a pair of interceptions, and two forced fumbles. So not only did he excel as far as breaking up passes, he filled up the stat sheet. Yeah, Bryce Hall, you mentioned this a little earlier. He was a receiver coming out of high school. And basically, when he got to Virginia, 
the coaching staffs on the offensive and defensive sides were basically wrestling for Bryce Hall, and Bryce Hall ends up being a defensive back, and the rest is history. But this is a guy who you can clearly see the receiver traits where he's long, he's tall, he's five total interceptions over four seasons. And I think what Phil Savage said kind of stands out to me the most. Bryce Hall is a kind of player where a ball can be in the air, and you might think, oh, my God, Bryce Hall – is going to get beat on this play. Well, his 32 and a quarter inch arms and his 78 and a half inch wingspan might disagree with you. Even if it's the last second, Bryce Hall has a knack for getting his hand in there and knocking the ball away. And basically there's no quit. And I think that's something that the Jets really like about Bryce Hall. Yeah. And this is another guy where you talk about his background and versatile skill set. He was a very good basketball player in high school at the AAU level. And in fact, there were times when he thought that I'm going to go, I'm going to become a basketball player, but let's see where he's at medically. Again, we talk about the pandemic right now and what everybody's facing with COVID-19. And uh, the big thing for Hall will be when he actually comes to the Jets and arrives at one Jets drive is where is he at in terms of his rehab? But one thing we can be sure about, one thing that we're certain about just by reading his background and talking to people who know uh, Bryce Hall, he is a diligent worker. He's going to get after it. He thinks he's going to be ready to go. And the other thing that Phil Savage said about Hall that I really liked is, hey, we're betting on Bryce Hall. We think he's going to be no matter what the timeline is. And Bryce Hall fully expects to be ready for your training camp. But the Jets like his future and the possibilities of what he can bring to the table for this team. In a typical world, if you get hurt in the sixth game of the year and you have the combine, you have the medical rechecks, you have top 30 visits, all of which didn't exist except for the actual combine. So Bryce Hall in a perfect world, even if he had the injury still could have been a day two selection, but because teams couldn't sign off on him a hundred percent without having them take their physical with their doctors and going back to Indianapolis for the medical rechecks, it feels like that's the reason why he slipped. And I'll, I'll tell you what, like a fifth round pick for Bryce Hall for a day two talent when fully healthy, it just feels like it's a good bet to make if you're Joe Douglas and the Jets, because a year from now, EA, we could be talking about Bryce Hall as a potential starter. I think a, a lot of people probably were sitting there, if you're a Jets fan, at 120, 125, and 129, crossing your fingers and hoping that Joe Douglas takes Bryce Hall there because there's an argument to be made that there was outstanding value for a guy like Hall in the fourth round. And the Jets, of course, had the three picks in the fourth round. And I think teams with needs at cornerback are looking up to sh- uh, looking to shore up the position. There were a lot of fans of those respective teams who were drafting in the area the Jets were in the fifth round, hoping that their club would uh, take a flyer, per se, on a Bryce Hall. But the Jets got him. And yeah. 
he does have the potential to be a starter in the National Football League. I found it interesting. There's some people think that Bryce Hall ultimately suited to be a free safety in the National Football League. With that being said, no talk of that from the Jets' perspective. I think they're going into this thinking, oh, go. Bryce Hall is a cornerback, and when we get him up to speed, that's exactly where he's going to be. All right, well, let's hear from Olivia Landis, who caught up with Mike Barber of the Richmond Times-Dispatch, who covered Bryce Hall at Virginia. You cover Virginia Tech as well as Virginia And Bryce Hall, who was taken in the fifth round of the 2020 NFL Draft, 158th overall by the New York Jets. He's an individual who, back in 2019, originally thought he was going to go in the first round of the NFL Draft, but opted to go back and play his senior season. What kind of growth did you see from him in the games that he was able to play before his injury? Yeah, you, you know, Bryce came back uh, and it surprised a lot of people because he was on that path to be a first or a second round draft pick. Uh, he had led the nation in past breakups. His one-on-one coverage skills were, were through the roof and NFL scouts were, were really excited about him. I think most people I spoke to projected that he would leave. He would leave and he would be a high pick. But there were some things that, that Bryce wanted to, to improve on personally. One of those was his ball skills. Um, he, you know, like I said, he led the nation in past breakups. He watched video of those plays and thought that, you know, three, four, five, six of them should have been interceptions. Uh, so that was a big area of emphasis for him. He didn't really play in enough games to, to show off, um, whether or not he had, he had improved in that area. And honestly, a lot of teams in, in this past season threw away from Bryce. He, he's that kind of a corner. He's able to play physically at the line. He's able to cover off the line and Teams were pretty cognizant about not taking a chance throwing at Bryce Hall um, before the injury. So I don't know that he got to show it all that he had worked on and focused on and improved. But another big part of his decision to come back was, you know, he felt that there was some unfinished business for Virginia. You know, this was a team that has been on the rise under the new coaching staff, Bronco Mendenhall and that crew. And Bryce Hall has been a huge part of that. And you know, his injury happened playing special teams. He's one of those do everything for the team guys. And he really wanted to come back and help this team win a, a championship. And, uh, you know, he played part of the year. Then he got hurt. The team did go on to win a Coastal Division title and play in the Orange Bowl. And uh, those were things that Bryce really wanted to be a part of. In the few games that he was able to play in the 2019 season, what did you see from his game that stood out to you that, wow, this is a skill set that he can take to the next level. Yeah, well, he's just a guy that can blanket you in terms of if you're a defensive coach and you're putting together your game plan and where are you going to help? When are you going to blitz? How are you going to use your safeties? All that. If you've got Bryce Hall, he to me is uh, the epitome of a lockdown corner. Uh, Certainly he was in the ACC. He's a guy that can take away uh, a third of the field, like coaches like to say, and, and that really showed up. And Again, it showed up in the way teams chose to attack him or not attack him. It showed up in the fact that sometimes Bryce Hall would get locked on a guy, and you could tell that offensive coordinators and play callers, they were saying to themselves, okay, that's not an option now. We're not going to throw it, Bryce. And, you know, the best players at that position in the NFL, and certainly the New York Jets have had a number of them, are guys who teams are essentially afraid to throw at. And I think Bryce Hall showed that at the college level. 
He's going to be coming to a team with the New York Jets and defensive coordinator Greg Williams, who makes, and he's very vocal about this, he makes all of his defensive players learn, at the very least, two different positions. What other ways do you think he can be flexible in his game to fit into Greg Williams' scheme? Yeah, Bryce Hall's the kind of guy who won't have any trouble. Um, you know, we got to know Greg a little bit when, when the Washington Redskins. And Bryce Hall's a guy who one of the things his coaches talk about most with him is his time studying film, learning the entire defense. Uh, he's just a guy who's ready to mentally tackle everything when it comes to football. Uh, he helps other players. Yes, he helped the other corners uh, at Virginia, but he helped the other safeties. He could work with the linebackers. He understood the entire defense. So one, I think Bryce Hall is someone who will mentally be able to uh, learn and play anywhere in the secondary. I think he has a little more physicality maybe than people realize. If you're thinking about defending in the slot, uh, could be as a nickel. But then you also think about, you know, and it certainly was sad, his injury, his injury came on special teams because he's unafraid to play on punt return, punt coverage, kick return, kick coverage. Uh, and as a young player in the NFL, I think he's going to be willing to do all those. Things. So, yes, he's coming from a pedigree of being the starting corner and the, the number one shutdown guy, but he's shown through his college career a willingness and an ability to contribute in special teams and really all over the field. And how ready do you think Bryce would be come the 2020 NFL season if his name were called to be a starter? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. You know, a year ago, I would say he's ready to step in and start. Now with the injury, you just have the physical question. And, you know, we've talked to Bryce a few times since the injury. We got to see him at the bowl game. I got to speak to him uh, just before the draft. And he's not 100% yet. Now he's 100% healed which is great. His prognosis is great, but he hasn't fully gotten back to the range of motion and to all the things that he was able to do and, and he needs to do physically with that ankle. So I think mentally Bryce Hall is ready to step in and, and start in the NFL. I think skill set wise, he's ready to step in and start in the NFL. I just haven't seen the kid run or cut or do anything physically since the injury. So for him, it's about how hard has he been working and, you know, my personal experience with Bryce is he's not going to cut corners. Whatever he needed to do to be physically ready for camp in the NFL, he was going to do it. His expectation when I spoke to him was that he would be 100% and able to do everything by the time camp started. And, and that meant even rookie mini camp. And, and obviously, we're not <laughs> sure of the schedule or when it will be. But um, my guess is Bryce Hall is going to come in physically and mentally ready. Uh, I think it's going to take a little while to get his timing back, but you know, a few weeks. And if there's a preseason, I think he's somebody the Jets could turn to. How much of a chip on his shoulder do you think he has, if any? You know, it's interesting because Bryce isn't necessarily the kind of kid that that needs that negative fuel. He's a, a very grounded, very religious, faith-based, all of those things. That being said, Olivia, I think you're right that I think he has something to prove. And, and I don't know that it'll come out um, in some of the ways sometimes we hear it in, in the media. I don't think he's going to say, I'm going to show people they made a mistake. I don't think he's going to say, I'm going to show people, uh, you know, that they messed up. I think he just wants to show people that the New York Jets made a good decision. And I think he wants to show people that he is the first or second round pick that everybody thought he could be before the injury. So I think it fuels him. I don't think it'll fuel him in that really negative kind of, 
You know, I don't think there's teams out there that passed on him that he particularly wants to play well against. I think he wants to play 16 great games to show everybody that the New York Jets were right and that he is that caliber player. Mike, before I let you go, what is one thing about Bryce that may surprise not only the Jets, but fans when he comes on the field? Well, I think he's got a, a tremendous personality. He has a real joy for the game. He's always smiling. Um, you see that off the field. You know about his background, his religion, all of those things. You know how hard he studies. I don't know that people realize just how competitive he is. And you'll see that. You'll see that when he gets locked on one-on-one. You'll see it when he's got a jam, a receiver at the line. Like For all the great things about his personality and what a great kid he is, he is a, a nasty, angry, fiery competitor once the ball snapped. And, you know, yeah, he switches it off between plays and, and he's great to be around all week. And he kind of gives off this, you know, friendly, uh, almost teacher kind of vibe. But he, he wants to win. He's incredibly competitive. Um, you know, he was a great athlete, high school uh, receiver and defensive back. So I think people are going to be impressed by the competitive streak of Bryce Hall as they get to see the other side of him, which is kind of laid back, smiley, and and very easygoing. EA, let's now talk about where Bryce Hall can fit in on this Jets secondary. Assuming he's fully healthy, this is a crowded cornerback's room compared to even before the draft. So where do you think he fits in off the top? Well, we know off the top that Brian Poole is your nickel corner. That was a key resigning by Joe Douglas then on the outside, you would figure that Pencil and Pierre Desir at one of the starting outside positions. Again, another long cornerback. Joe Douglas, with his second six-round pick, he traded that to the Indianapolis Colts and got Quincy Wilson, a former second-round pick as well. And let's not forget about Bless Austin, who got valuable time on the outside last year. And you got a former Colt, Nate Harrison, as well. So I think the thing for Bryce Hall will be getting here, getting back up to speed 100% physically, and then seeing where he fits in. But uh, for the Jets, you know, it's likely opening day in Buffalo. You have Brian Poole, Nickel. You have Pierre Desir at one of the outside corners. And then I, I kind of view it right now as we sit here in May. Maybe it's a fight for who's going to be the opposite starting corner. And is that a Quincy Wilson? Is that a Bless Austin? And what can Bryce Hall give you what can he contribute in year one if his health gets back up to 100%? I think one of the more overlooked storylines of this offseason has been the revamping of the secondary when you start from the releasing of Trumaine Johnson to Daryl Roberts to the guys you just mentioned now between Pierre Desir, Quincy Wilson, you bring in a guy like Bryce Hall, Bless Austin entering year two, re-signing Arthur Millette, then you have Nate Hairston in the mix there. It just feels like that the group of corners right now is a lot more competitive than where it was a couple months ago. And I think that it is going to be a battle right now. If everyone's fully healthy, I agree with you. You're probably looking at Brian Poole in the nickel, Pierre Desir, and then there's a battle for that, for that other spot. And I think that it's going to be one of the more exciting camp battles to watch yeah listen and i like the size on the outside we should mention that as hall is a guy who's what listed it as 6'1 200 plus pounds right 
Uh, yeah, yeah, Quincy Wilson is 6'2", 193 pounds. 6'2", that's a long corner. Desir, he's a longer player himself. He's 6'1", 192. We saw Bless Austin. We think about his wingspan and his length. He's a 6'1", 198 pounder. It has the feel of the Jets are getting bigger at the cornerback position. And then you got the dynamic Brian Poole in the middle. I'm glad you mentioned Arthur Millette as well because here's a guy who's 5'9", 5'10", 190 pounds but he plays a lot bigger than that he's got that fighting spirit and he's got experience playing both outside and inside so again another position where joe douglas had to make some changes and he's increased the depth there and now you're setting yourself up for uh interesting training camp battles we'll have to see how all those moving parts work together because communication is going to be the key whereas the safeties like marcus may and jamal adams they probably don't even have to talk too much sometimes where they know what the other is doing the cornerbacks the new cornerbacks particularly are going to have to get caught up so to speak yeah, I think that we oftentimes think about the offensive line needing a form of chemistry. Well, I think it's the same thing with the defense really as a whole because communication is so imperative and in particular the secondary. So we'll see how this all shakes out during camp. But the long story short here is that Bryce Hall was a fantastic value pick for the Jets given the injury that made him slide a little bit, but he does have the talent and the potential to emerge as a potential starting cornerback for the green and white. And that was another edition of the official Jets podcast, the draft pick profile series presented by Verizon continuing on EA and I wrapping up the series with the Jets six round pick punter from Texas A&M, Braden Mann.